Welcome to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. All right. Hi, everybody. How you doing? This is Jay Nathan. I uh, got uh, my friends, Christy. Hey, Christy. How's it going? Hey, Jay. How are you? I'm doing great. Jeff, how are you doing today, man? Good to see you. Awesome. The weather in Charleston is like beautiful. Yep. Weather in Charleston is beautiful. And I said that like I haven't talked to you three times already today. So, um, but, uh, so we're doing our weekly Q&A podcast. Christy, I was just thinking we should call it Rants and Raves, but <laughs> we'll, we'll have to keep working on it. Uh, we do a weekly Q&A podcast where um, we, we stream live on LinkedIn as well. Uh, for those of you that tune in every week, we appreciate it. It's sort of fun. Uh, love to have your uh, thoughts and questions on the topic. So feel free to drop those in the comments as you, as you follow along. Um, but one of the things that we wanted to start doing this week is we're, we're going to start, we, we usually take questions that we get in LinkedIn, email, on the community, by the way, gaingrowretain.com. Uh, go sign up for that. It's a customer success leadership community. If you're not engaged in it, you should be. Um, but uh, rather than just take questions and pontificate on things, we want to make things really actionable. And where, where I tend to get most passionate is when I've experienced something very specific over the past week that we can talk about. Because actually, I look to Christy and Jeff to help brainstorm like solutions for things all the time. So um, anyway, so we're going to do that today. And today we're going to talk about just the general concept is like moments of failure when you have the, when you have the opportunity to delight and deliver for your customers, like in customer success or any other part of the business. So I think we have some very specific examples of this we want to talk through today. So Christy, I'll kick it to you first and, and let you throw out your topic and we'll, we'll riff on it from there. Yep. Awesome. So, you know, I've got a couple that fall into this bucket. I think every leader is going to be able to name a couple moments where we just didn't, we missed the mark, right? So I don't think it's specific to any one CSM or any one person or part of the organization, right? There's always moments where we can do better. So I think this is to less point fingers, but to find these opportunities where we can all improve, learn and grow. So there was two instances over the past week or so that, you know, with my team that I found were opportunities where we, we could have done something differently um, than we actually did. And when we altered our approach, had a different outcome. So the first was, you know, we had a customer who'd come to us um, who was newly in onboarding. So, right. So a new customer and, you know, had expressed their frustration around certain areas of the onboarding. One part being around our ability to deliver all their hardware. Don't forget our, in our business, um, for those of you who are not familiar, we have a hardware and software component. So the hardware is a means to an end, but you need the hardware to be installed in order to collect the data. So the customer was expressing frustration, our ability to deliver the hardware in a timely manner, communicate to them about like how things need to be installed, you know, certain items there regarding that, um, as well as some other instances with just software data and getting access to that information in the platform itself. So basically I create a laundry list, right? The customer is saying, here's like these top 15 things that I need to address. And so we were just going to hop on a call and try to like riff through all of them. And that was going to be our approach. And, and while that would have satisfied the need, probably wasn't the moment that we wasn't the moment to delight, right? Like we, we could go above and beyond. So what we decided to do and the approach we ended up executing against was packaging that all up in a formal presentation with an objective. It had very clear agenda of like what we were going to cover together. And we went through and created a slide for each of the, the questions or concerns the customer had, gave our take on it and how they can partner with us to make that a better experience in the future. Because sometimes the thing, the onus isn't only on us, right? If the customer didn't communicate things or if they made changes last minute, we need to be aware of like, how do we avoid these scenarios in the, in the future? So we package this all up, sent over the information, scheduled a call with the customer, have now a recurring call to address these types of things with their executive. And the customer sent back 
glowing feedback about how thrilled they were with our approach, the information that we shared, you know, the, de the detail and the data, and then our ability to also curate next steps to make sure that this doesn't happen in the future, right? We've got a way to have that better communication, that flow of communication on an ongoing basis. So this was a moment where we could have really stumbled over ourselves and not got it right, and it would have felt maybe probably a little finger pointing, right, where it's like, well, you know, you changed the schedule last minute, or we didn't have the right location, or you needed new devices. So it could end up coming off a little defensive if you're just vocalizing that. But the way that we structured the information and the flow made it very much like we took accountability and here's how we should partner on this and the, the role that you play in making this a better experience for both of us in the future. So it was a win long-term, but it took us a little bit to get there. More than anything, what I just heard there is that you took the time to listen to what they were concerned about and mirror it back to them, which probably meant more than any of the answers that you had in any of those slides. It was just maybe one observation there. So how, is that true or? I mean, I think so. I mean, this is a customer that vocalizes in a very flippant manner to one of our leaders, right? Like, hey, like this isn't going well and we're not feeling great about X, Y, and Z and here's these issues that we're facing. And so we made sure that internally we, we captured all the right information and we addressed it in a way that we thought was very partnerly, um, addressed the issue, but then also kind of made sure that we had a, we were, headed for the right, uh, in the right direction, moving forward from here. Yeah, the other, I wrote down two things as you were talking. One was, and you already mentioned this, but the accountability piece of actually just taking ownership, right? I think in some cases we get scared sometimes to admit to a customer that we've done wrong, that our process didn't work, right? Because there's this, I actually put a post out there today about this because I'm, I'm thinking about this from our end too. Uh, we can't be 100% accurate every time. It's not gonna happen. Like we have to get that out of our minds. Like it's gonna, something's gonna go wrong. Our process is gonna work right exactly every single time. And so if we start to accept that fact, how do we take accountability? Just like Jay mentioned, how do we listen to the customer, take that feedback in and then drive some action? The other piece I put in here too is I think the authenticity piece, you know, comes into play here as well. Like how, how you, just like you mentioned, like how you guys were able to kind of turn um, that moment and try and think about a presentation you can deliver and just authentically deliver that, right? Like it just, it's kind of suits the way that you guys were already dealing with that customer, the follow-up, you know, all the things that you're doing, like how do you keep that authenticity throughout? Because um, again, I think those two things stick out to me from that story where, it's easy to forget those or miss those because you're trying to be 100% perfect and sometimes you want to be defensive. You don't want to admit accountability because you, you, you want to try and act strong essentially for the customer to say, hey, you know, we are the best, we are the baddest, but sometimes you need to do that in order to progress the relationship, which is kind of counterintuitive. Exactly. Well said, Jeff. <laughs> I was like, no one had any comments after that, Jeff. You just nailed it. Nice. Well, so one of the things that this, this brings up for me too that I'm, I'm thinking about is... Um, I'm thinking about this maybe from like the, the communication angle of how do we, how do we coordinate these things? Um, I think there's an example um, that we've had recently where, you know, there's, again, messages are going out to customers. There's so many things happening. You've got individual relationships with the customer potentially in a CSM. You've then got, uh, you know, you've got teams that are sending out emails uh, from marketing, from customer marketing, from our customer team. You've then got product, you know, you've got support. There's so many different communications a customer can have. And so to me, what this, what like brings up, as we started talking about this a little bit is just the, how much coordination it actually takes to get all of that on the same page. Uh, and I think that's something that we're working through right now. We're, you know, we're trying to launch a, what we're calling our engagement model, which is our concierge program. And really it's, uh, you know, it's, it is a program, but it's more so than anything. I think what I just keep going back to is, is it's like coordination and it's really hard to think about that and admit that. But I just think the coordination piece sometimes can get missed as you're a growing organization, as you start building up, 
leaders in the organization. You've got so many, you know, different departments that start forming. You get specialties that start to happen, right? That's generally what happens as you get bigger. Um, and what that creates is silos. Uh, you know, unfortunately, that's that's a, a poor part of business, right? Is that we've actually created functions and silos in the business. Um, and so, again, I, I think of this initiative that we're trying to launch as this coordination piece. And um, again, I think I can probably pull on a couple of examples, but the biggest, I think the biggest takeaway for me is just that there are so many messages going to customers that there are probably at any given moment, I was just writing this down and I'm just taking a guess. There's probably at any given moment, at least four to six people inside the organization who have to be on the same page about what's going to a customer. And that those were customer success, a support, account management, and our customer marketing. Those are the four that I came up with because uh, if there's not coordination between those four functions, then you start to lose some momentum. Then you start to get ideas where things might be going, you know, around each other, things like that. So um, I don't have a specific example right now, or I do, but I just didn't, I haven't named one. And I've been talking way too long, so I'm going <laughs> to stop. But that was just what popped up for me is this whole coordination piece and how difficult it really is. Yeah. I, you know what that brought to mind for me? So last year at CS100, Ryan Smith talked. Remember this, Jeff? Ryan Smith, the Qualtrics dude? Yes. Yeah. Like he had just sold his company and like there was you know, 150 people in the room and Ryan Smith is up there. He's like, billionaire i hope he's watching right now he's probably not but i can dream so like but what he said is uh because qualtrics much like medallia there's cx companies right so they're helping to to help larger companies b2b b2c really understand what their customer's perception of them is but one of the points he made was really really salient he said our companies aren't structured to be effective for the customer they're structured to be efficient from a business standpoint which they have to be but that's the reason that some of this cross-functional teaming and, and communication strategy that Jeff just alluded to, I think is so important is that we do have to structure our business to be efficient as a business so we can survive as a business, but we can't remember what the, we can't forget what the business is about, which is the customer. So how do we bring that into everything and create process around that? So one of the things that we're doing at higher logic is we're putting together a, we're calling it concierge communications clearing house. And what that means is that's, that's like any communication that's going to go through the, to the customer is going to go through a channel, like a team whose job it is to think about it cross-function, to think about the impact on the customer, to ask the questions about how many customers will it impact? Um, you know, what is the message that needs to be sent? How does it dovetail with everything else that we're doing and trying to communicate to the customer at that given point in time? Um, so Jeff's being, he's being very modest, but he actually owns that program. So it's like, it's going to be very, very cool. But um, the, one of the, one of the common failure points I've seen, and this is inspired by something I saw us doing this week, which I'll just call out, not by name, but and it's common, right? Is in our hurry to, to get customers appeased. Sometimes we communicate things, especially product roadmap kind of things to the customer. And they may be, you know, an apple in the eye of the product development team, right? It's like, oh yeah, we're definitely going to do that in a couple of quarters. I love my product people. I used to be a product guy. I know how unreliable that statement is, right? And so I think it's a big opportunity to let customers down when, you, when you're looking too far out on the roadmap or when you, like I like to communicate things to a customer when I know they're in engineering, like the engineering team is working on them in this sprint and I have, I have a release date and I know what the thing is supposed to do and I know that the customer requirements for that thing match up with what the product team thinks that thing is supposed to do. So um, that's, that's my like, I, that's my hot button just because I, I, again, I think I, because I've been in product, I know that things shift and change by necessity. And we have to be really, really careful when we, uh, when we deliver product kind of feedback to customers, because it can really damage the relationship when we tell you something's coming and it doesn't, or it comes and it's different than what we thought it was going to be. It's a trust thing. And that trust gets eroded when we do that. So Christy, have you had similar issues? Oh, well, 
Yes, because we all have. Um, but this also goes back to, I forget who posted it this week or last week on LinkedIn, but it was like, what's the worst thing you could do as a customer success manager? And, I, and my comment was, over, over promise under deliver. Um, and that kind of falls right in line with that, right? Like you don't have the ability to control the product roadmap. In fact, say most of the time product is not even really controlling the product roadmap. So how can you, you know, commit and make these commitments to your customers? Um, I always advise my team. I'm like, unless it's in, in their queue right now and being actively worked on, it's not happening, right? Like we always say it's directional. There's, there's, we allow for volatility here and movement based on industry trends and needs and product, you know, whatever. So we never commit to anything in the future. And we always kind of just give the caveat that this is what we're hoping to achieve. This is the direction we'd like to go, but we obviously can't commit to that, um, which is hard, right? Because especially in our roles, we want to make sure that our customers have what they need to be successful. Um, I think we run into different challenges with, with products sometimes. And I think a big area of opportunity for us is just communicating what's happening in product to our customers as it's happening. So you gave an example of maybe overpromising for future development. We've got an issue right now where our product team is doing great things, but then we're not telling anybody about it. Um, product goes live, right? We're not enabling our internal teams appropriately. We're not having the right conversations. And then as a result, right, our customers are not really aware. So all the value and all the goodness that we're building, we're not socializing. We're not getting all that goodwill. We're not getting the proper adoption of this either. So our customer, you know, the, our, our product team is building all this fantastic functionality into the solution but it's not, it's not getting properly leveraged, right? And our customers will then, my, my biggest gripe is when our customers go, hey, it'd be really great if your product did X, Y, and Z. In the meantime, it's something we probably just released like two months ago. And it's like, well, we do, um, right? And that's like my moment of failure where it's like, we didn't, we didn't communicate properly with them. And, and so we failed to celebrate and socialize what was happening in the product. And, you know, from a CS perspective, if my team doesn't know what's happening, you know, they can't go and empower the customers, right? They can't help guide them to using that and integrating it into their workflow and making it a part of their outcomes. So, you know, that's, it's just a, it's a failed failure on our part, missed opportunity and definitely an opportunity where we can get better. So I like that it's at least fixable. Yeah. Well, I think the, the point that that brings up for me too, is this, um, I think sometimes, again, when we think about the organization, one person can't be thinking about all those things, right? That's why a cross-functional team works so great because you're all bringing different perspectives from the business. And like one of the exercises that we're going through right now is we're listing out every single channel we could communicate with our customer. So we've got email platform, you have our, you know, you have our community, you've got Pendo in product, uh, you've got a CSM in person or during a meeting. Like there are, I think right now we've got a list of 12 and it's still growing because we're just even uncovering ourselves like opportunities. We could make a, make a video, we could put a video out on our website, right? These are all, these all become possibilities. And so I think this goes back to Jay's point that we've been trying to focus on is like, we at least need to get all those possibilities out on the table. We need to bring this team together to figure out of all of those things, which ones should we be, what should we be doing for this type of communication? Because similar to you, I think we've got so much great content and we've got so many great experts inside of our company, but we've noticed how some of the information only gets to a certain amount of customers. It's like the same thing you just mentioned, Christy, where it's like, you know, I, I want to go communicate this like from the hilltops to every customer. And like, how do we make sure from multiple channels that they get it? Because, you know, it's, more noise. I mean, we have so much more noise in the industry or in the world today that uh, just pushing it through one channel one time isn't going to be effective. Like we have to, we have to do it multiple times through multiple channels and trying to, to coordinate that. But that, I like that what you just mentioned, the, the idea of um, product, even just communicating and making sure, Hey, even our release cycle, whenever just whatever most recent release just came out, like we need to make sure and communicate that directly. I mean, there's a billion ways we should be communicating that to your point, right? Like I think about it through, we've got, uh, we're developing our LMS for our customers, our customer facing university, right? Portal, 
that product enhancements needs to be there, your knowledge base, right? Like, so just even all the simple places that your customers are interacting with your technology or other places where they're gonna come across information, whether it be your website, your, your in-app messaging and engagement, knowledge base, all of that. So there's actually tons, right? Like, so you talk about that exhaustive list. I mean, we should probably riff on what that list looks like because it'll probably be similar across a lot of organizations, but there's so many, there's so many things that need to be considered when you're communicating with your customers. And to your point, right message, right channel, and, and kind of mapping that against each other too is really key. I think it's this idea of, of treating all customers, like we do a great job in when we're trying to win business. So in the sales and marketing cycle of running campaigns and yep. testing and validating and measuring the effectiveness of the campaigns, right? And we've got to do the same thing for all customer communications. And somebody in the chat, I forget who here, I'll, I'll pull it back up here. Matt, Matt Vidala says it's the key to SaaS is communication. It, it, it's true. Like the whole thing, most of the expectation issues or places where we have the opportunity to deliver into light, as you put it earlier, Christy, and we don't, uh, I would venture to say 75% of it comes back to communications in some way, shape or form. We communicated something that was wrong. We had later had to change. We didn't hit the right people. And Jeff, to your point, like even multiple, com e multiple attempts on one channel are not enough because there are so many different channels and so many different ways to get the word out. There's really no excuse for it. Um, so I have, well, you wanted to riff on something. Say it again, the different channels, Christy. Oh, I just thought that like, this is something we might have to take offline and then come back. And this might be a community post where the three of us contribute to a long laundry list, but what are all the channels you need to think about when you're thinking about customer comms, right? So it has to be like, you know, verbal communication, what's going through email, marketing email versus CS, you know, one-on-one -on -one email. How are you preparing them for materials or comms in a formal presentation, right? Like do you empower them with a slide that can be easily inserted into decks? Are you doing in-app messaging, your knowledge base, your product university, right? Like all these places and channels where you're, you're touching your, your customers. How do you like, what does that laundry list look like? And then how do we make sure that you're using that effectively? All right. I vote that Jeff posts that on. <laughs> I'll second that vote. So I'm good. So that looks like Jeff. <laughs> I, uh, this, well, this, this point, I think Jay's doing that because this is literally what we're doing right now for, it's so like, I literally am going through this. Like I have a list on my computer. So I was actually you send to pull me your that. list and I'll add to it. Um, yeah, yeah, well, I think that that's super valuable because like I said, most companies, they're going to have a lot of the same, right? I, I'm yeah. almost confident to say that there's 70% overlap with the, with the full list that we can think through. Well, and this, so this is, uh, I'm not, I'm on my high horse for a second, but this is the, the point I was trying to make about this whole idea and why we're trying to introduce concierge to our team is, is the coordination of all of those, right? Again, not one person can coordinate 12 different communication channels, 15. I guarantee you it's going to get longer. I think mine's 12. So Christy already named three. I don't have, um, and no one can do that. Right. So that, this is the important part is that, um, you're going to have owners of certain tools and have certain communication channels that need to know what we're pushing out when we're pushing it out. And that coordination can't like has to happen in order for this to be effective for the customer. The other thing I was going to mention is our tagline for our concierge program is right customer, right message, right time. I don't know how that lands on you, Christy, but I thought it's I, ex I like exactly that. what we talk about internally. I mean, it couldn't be more spot on. So I love it. Now I have a question, Jay. So you talk about this clearinghouse. Who, who's a part of this? Who are the cross-functional teams you're pulling in? What levels of people, what is their involvement? Like, I'm, I'm really interested on that. Yeah, Jeff, talk about it. Um, yeah, so this is our, con so we're, we're kind of merging this with our concierge program, but the whole idea now is that um, we're going to have, I'm just making this up right now. Uh, it's almost like a shared inbox, right? We're going to have an inbox that basically says, if you have anything that ever has to be communicated to a customer, like drop a note in here. And then like this team comes together on a regular basis to essentially form that communication strategy. So um, right now who, who we have in there is, uh, customer marketing, customer success, account management, support, strategic services, 
Uh, we've got product marketing, we have a sales engineer. Um, and so that'll probably change and grow. Like we're starting with a couple of these areas, but, um, and I would say mainly who we, Jay's our executive sponsor. So this is all a customer initiative. Jay's the executive sponsor. Um, we're going to have metrics we're, we're not, we have not identified those yet because we're doing some quick wins, but we're going to have metrics that this program measures over time. And it's all going to be geared around the engagement with the customer. And so it goes back to all these communication channels and thinking about how do we kind of roll that up maybe into some level one metric. And then how do we have level two? That's a little bit more blown out. But the um, idea is like twofold. We're going to have kind of a rolling calendar that we've got. Um, and then each of these functions that we brought in own some sort of communication channel that they're going to be a part of that are responsible for. So quick example, right? We've got a product release that's coming up. How are we going to, going to announce that to our customers? What are all the channels? Um, we've got, you know, that team will work on what all the channels are, what the execution strategy is and what the communication, the actual communication itself is. Um, and so we're, you know, not all going to do that. And I think this is a team of like 12 that I'm pulling in right now. Um, so we'll all own different parts of it, but it's the whole coordination and collaboration. And then the idea we're presenting this to Jay's presenting it to our executive team on a regular basis. We are presenting it. We have a, an all hands call that we do weekly that we're going to present to next Wednesday. And then also we're going to announce this to our customers in, on our customer conference. Hey, we have an engagement strategy. We're going to, we're going to be hope, hopefully pushing you more valuable content, um, and see if that resonates and see how that lands. And hopefully they feel it by then, right? Our customer conference is going to be just announced it, go sign up if you want to. Um, it's in November, but, uh, it's a long way to answer. And I don't, I didn't get into too much detail, but we can do that next time. We can share, continue to share more detail around it. Yeah. The, the key here is it's not negotiable to have broad understanding across the business of what communications, what, what's being rolled out. Um, how we're targeting customers, what like what the right hand and the left hand are doing and making sure it's coordinated. And so <clears throat> we don't have it all figured out yet. And you can't just run like two hour weekly meetings with that big of a team. So we think the content calendar is important. We think the overall engagement strategy by customer segment is important. Um, and the way it all hangs together will be sort of, it's almost like a steering committee type approach. Like we're just gonna, we have an internal set of checks and balances that runs through this, this group but we're trying to figure out how to do that without making it a heavy thing because it won't be sustainable if it's heavy. But, uh, but those are the stakeholders for sure that, that we need to do it. So, and I think the, these problems get more pronounced the larger the business gets. We're not huge. I mean, we're 350 people, so we're a substantial SaaS company. Um, but, you know, I've worked in companies that are thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And, you know, the, commu the communication strategy just gets more and more important the larger you get both outward, upward, downward, and certainly out to the, to the customer base. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.